Awesome. So, um, if you guys remember last month, last month already. Oh my word! It's quickly in September. In September, we 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 did a little bit of a fast, and in that fast, um, the Lord sort of re- revealed a few things to me. Um, the one big thing is He said to me, "Listen, listen, listen," because I was all over the place. And he needs me to be in one place because he needs to speak with me. So he said, listen, listen. So I have to open up my eyes, my, my physical eyes as well, and my, my, my ears. Um, but also in, 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 in the um, spirit, uh, I need to open up my, my eyes and my ears to see what the Lord is doing and to hear him speak. Who of you guys have done in school a team sport, like rugby or netball or anything, hockey bokeh? <laughs> is, is that a sport? <laughs> okay. okay, okay, okay. It's a, it, it's a sport, I'm sorry, bokeh. <laughs> hockey bokeh. Okay, but um, I played a little bit of rugby as well, and, and you know, there the comes a time when, you know, when you, 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 you're there, you play, it's fun and everything, but there also comes a t- time where they, they put you on the bench. So you just sit there on the bench, and like, oh my word, it's fun and everything, and you're there, and like, oh, they're playing, they're playing, like, I want to be there, but you're on the bench. And I hated that because I, I like action, playing rugby, and you know, being in the game. So it, it, it's it's not fun being on the bench with, with that because I mean, why do you you do the sport then? Like you're there to play, right? So, and the Lord spoke to me and and He said it's actually a lot as well, like church. This is actually a team sport. Like we are here as a, f- a f- like a, f- a family, a body of Christ. So, for some reason, though, we are we are content not to always take part. We're okay to sometimes just sit back and watch the game. Although he wants us to be in the game, to be involved. So that was one hard thing he talked to me these last few weeks is to get involved. So the Lord is constantly giving us um, signs and things that that He's active in our, our world. He's constantly doing things and we're either going to be with Him or not. Like we're either going to miss Him or not. So it says in the book of Joel 2, um, it says the, f- the following. I'm not sh- sure if it's on the, sc- on, on the board. Joel 2, verse 28 and 29, where it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all f- flesh. And he, and he actually now speaks about end times. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. That he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. 
and also on my main servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in these days. Um, if you can go back one verse, just it says there, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour my spirit on who? All flesh. What does all mean? Does it mean everyone? It might also actually then mean he will pour out his spirit on believers and unbelievers. It's all flesh. It's not some flesh. Okay, what do I mean by that? It means like if you're if you're a little bit in his in the world of God and you actually see what he's doing, you'll see that there's a lot of times where people um, that have never ever been in, in a church, they n never even met a Christian or a, 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 a missionary, that the Lord actually appears to them and talks with them in dreams, visions and things, and they get saved. So the Lord pours out His Spirit on everyone, believers or unbelievers. And it talks about there, about last days, and that's where we are now in. And so we see that this Spirit is constantly on the move, and the thing is, will, will we be there where this Spirit is, or will we be there where He's not? Will he look for us and see where you are, or will he look for us and where are you? So, I constantly am asked the Lord, like, Lord, show me, open up my eyes, open up my ears, because I really, for myself, I don't want to miss it. I want not to just sit on the bench and just, oh, wow, that's awesome over there. Wow. No, I want to be part of that thing. I want to be in the game. I don't want to miss him because he's a, a, a game, the end, what do you call it, the end game, it's the best game. It's always the last one. It's the awesomest one. So I, I, I want to be in it. I want to get the, the bat and the hat and the t-shirt and everything. Okay. So I've been asking him, Lord, speak to me, open up my ears uh, and open up my eyes. And he actually answered me when I asked him. And he, I mean, he answered me with some scriptures. And do you guys want to hear what he said to me? Yeah. You want to hear? Okay, cool. I'm glad. Acts, Acts um, 17, verse 26 to 27. Okay, and he said... He said this, and he made, he now it's God, and he made from one man every nation of mankind. So he made everyone from that one man to what? To live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the, 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 the boundaries of the dwelling place that they should seek God 
in the hope that they might feel their way toward him and to find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. It can go back one for me again. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on earth, to live on all the face of the earth. And he actually gave you time and space on this earth to stay and to live. So what does that mean? It means that he chose each one of us here today, if we believe it or not, for this time to be right here, right now, and we may actually be the narration that, that, that ushers in the coming of, of, of Christ. And I think that's quite a big thing. Like we are here for a certain time and place. Each of us here has a mission. So the, 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 the purpose of um, what I want to speak to you about today is, is to create what you can say a, a, a divine dissatisfaction, a divine dissatisfaction of, of where you are at in your walk with God. So if, if, you're, if you're here and he's there, be dissatisfied where you are and get closer to him. If you're next to him, get closer to him. But be dissatisfied today with where you are at with him. So before I actually begin with my sermon, there's just two things I want to um, mention to you. Two uh, uh, um, uh, Bible study uh, 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 methods that, that will sort of help us to... Um, to, to understand what, what I'm going um, to speak about today. So the, the first thing is, is um, the law of first mention. I'm not sure who of you guys heard about this before, but it's called the law of first mm, mention. So that means that when you read something in the Word for the first time, then you you use what it um, what it means there to interpret the same thing when it's being said again in the scriptures. For instance, on the sixth sixth day, the Lord made man. Okay, so the six is what we call the a number of man because it's on the sixth day. He made man, and man was made from what? Dust and sand. So each time we hear the uh, number six, or we hear anything about sand or, that, or, or, or um, uh, um, mud or dust, the Lord wants to speak to us something about us humans. Okay. One example. Next one is... is um, when, for instance, we look at Adam, the Lord said that man was not made to be alone. So there's Adam, the, 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 the first man. Then he was put into a sleep. 
And during his sleep, the Lord made woman, his bride, Eve. So there's Adam. He was not put to sleep, but you know what I mean. <laughs> he was still alive, but he was put to sleep. So there's, um, you get Adam. He was put to sleep, and, and out of him came his wife, his bride, Eve. Jesus is what we call the second Adam. He was put to sleep. He died. And when he resurrected, from him came a new bride, which is us, the church. Do you get that one? So, Jesus, he died, and when he woke up from his sleep, from him was his new bride. It was us, the church. Okay. He says in, in, in the book of John 2, it's, it's not on there, but it says that, he said that when you destroy this temple, I will raise it up in three days. So the temple, what he talked about was his body. Physical, but also, it also meant us, the church, because we are the body of Christ. Okay, make sense? Keep that in mind. So, Jesus knew a bride is the church composed of women and men of all races who by faith confess his sacrificial death on the cross and his resurrection from his divine nature. So, that's the law of first mention, the first one. The the um, second one I'm going to talk about is a, a, a type. What is a type? Um, it is when, when something or someone represents something or someone else. Okay. And that will become more clear in my sermon. So stick with me. It's not going to be too, hopefully not too um, complicated. And why, why do we always have to, have to, to, to focus on the Lord when we interpret scriptures? Because it says in the word, in John 5, it says that all scripture testifies concerning Jesus. So everything we do always must come back to him, to Jesus. Okay. So I want to talk about today is who is the Christ of bride? That is my title. Who is the bride of Christ? <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, Marissa. Who is the bride of Christ? So if you guys can, can open your the scriptures in um, in Genesis 24. Genesis 24. That's the first book of the Bible, if I'm correct. Genesis 24. I didn't put a bookmark in, so I'll find it. Okay. So, what... This is about, and we're actually going to work 
through the whole um, um, the chapter today, it's 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 when it's when Abram um, was looking for a wife for his son, his, his son Isaac. Okay, so in this story, Abram is a type of God, and Isaac is a type of Jesus. So, if you think that that Abram took his son and wanted to sacrifice his son, God the, 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 the Father took his son and he sacrificed his son. So, it's a type of, okay, make sense? Okay. So, let's read verse 1 to 4. Chapter 24, verse 1 to 4. Now, Abram was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abram in all things. I love that. He was, in all things, he was blessed, which means he, he, he had a good, at the end, he had a good life. Verse 2. So, so Abram said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, Please put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the, the God of heaven and the, the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the, the Canaanites among whom I dwell. And here's the key. But you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. So, he will go to my family, and from my family you take a wife for my my son Isaac. So the this 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 the servant here, his name is Eliezer. Just a little bit of a background. What does the name Eliezer mean in Hebrew? It means helper. It means comforter. Have you heard that before somewhere? Who else is helper and comforter? The Holy Spirit. So we get here a Abram, who is a, t- a type of God. We get his son Isaac, which, who is a type of uh, Jesus. And we get Eliezer, who is a type of Holy Spirit. Did you get that picture? I think that's a pretty strong picture there. And... Um, but the big thing here is to 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 see that that he had to go, the Holy Spirit had to go to the family, and to get a, a bride from the family. The family is not the bride. He went to get a bride from the family. So that's all, all, all good and well. But um, but then who are then the Bride of Christ. Like who qualifies as the bride of Christ? How does they they look like? The character characteristics of the bride. And there's nine of them, and we're just going to quickly talk through that. So, Genesis 24, verse 5. So we read the following, you guys can see on the board. And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman 
will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? And if we read verse 8, and if the, the woman is not willing to, f- to, 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 to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do, do not take my son back there. So number one is the first characteristic of the bride is she must be willing to be led by the Holy Spirit. If not, then she's not in the bride of Christ. Make sense? So number one is she must be willing to be led by the Holy Spirit. Verse 10 and 11. So I'm just going to go quickly between them. Verse 10. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed for all his master's goods were in his hand and he arose and went to to, to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor and he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time the time when women when women go out to draw water. So he went there in the evening. So what does evening represent for us? It means it's the end of the day, but it, it's also the end of an, uh, an age. It's the evening time. So it's in in the in the Hebrew uh, 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 um, a culture. The, the evening is the the end of the day, so the, the night time is next day. So it, it begins in the next day. So now it's the evening, so it's the end of the day, which means it's the end of an age. So here's this guy. He took 10 uh, uh, camels and he went, if you, you check on a map, about 1,000 kilometers with him to get that one goal. I love that. And he went there and he got that at the end of the day, so it means it represents the end of the, uh, the, end of the age. So here's the, the picture I want you guys to get. At the end of the age, the, the bride, that's an, another woman, she, she comes and she, she draws daily from the well of the, the water where she's being met by the Holy Spirit. Makes sense. Is Eliezer, he's at the well. There's the woman. She c- comes there in the evening time, the end of the age, to draw from the well of the water. And, and Eliezer, he represents the Holy Spirit. So she meets him there. Makes sense? Just let me know if I go too fast, okay? So the, the thing that, that, that um, I also think we need to, to recognize he, here is that we should draw from what? From the well of the word, the scriptures, because it's super 
um, it's super easy for us to 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 to, to fall into a, a, th a thing of that we 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 only um, follow a, a certain teaching or a doctrine or anything, and not something that's necessarily led by the Holy Spirit. Like sometimes we we do what we find is a good opportunity, but it's not something we prayed about. It's not something from God. Okay, so always draw from the well of His Word, His Scriptures. And the next thing is that there's a test. So let's read um, Genesis 24, verse 12 to 15. 12 to 15, it's a test. Okay. Then he said, that's not his, this, this, this seven, Amalehazer. And then he said, O Lord, a God of my, the master, Abraham, Please give me success this day and show your kindness to my, my master Abram. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw a water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, Please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, Drink. I will give, I will give you a drink, and I will also give you a a camel to drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant, uh, uh, Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my, mom, to my master. And it happened before he had finished speaking. I love that. Even before he had finished speaking, that behold, Rebecca, who was born to Bethel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abram's brother, you get that one, um, it's family, um, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Okay. She came out with a pitcher on her shoulder. So, there's the test. Num number one is what was this, 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 this servant looking for? And that's the third characteristic. He was looking for a servant's heart. He was looking for someone that gives him some water to drink, but also his, um, his animals. And um, he was also looking for someone that understand the a government of God. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? So, this is not wine. This is not gin. Sorry, guys. So, in Hebrew culture, um, what the, the people did, especially, is they took this thing, the pitcher, which was they um, used to um, which they draw the water from, and they put that on their right shoulder. Not necessarily on their head or anything. They, they, they put it there. It was the way that they lived. It was always, um, it was always 
um, something to do with God. And we read in Isaiah 9 where it says that the, that the, the a government of God, he carries that on his shoulders. So they always had it on their shoulders and normally on the right side. Because why? When you carry something on your right side, what it represented to them is strength. It meant authority. Apologize for that one. I get there eventually. And and. Jesus always sits on the right hand of God. When you, you and also in scriptures, when someone gives their son a blessing, he does that with his right hand. So there's something about having it on the right shoulder. So he was looking at all of these things. Okay, and the picture is made out of clay. Okay, okay. What does that mean? Law first dimension, you and I are made out of clay, and you use this to get water from the well. So what does that mean? Here's the picture. Here's the picture. Um, where is the picture? <laughs> the picture is... It's Genesis 1 verse 1. I'll, I'll, I'll get there. But the thing is, um, so, Lord first mentioned, so yeah, we, we are the con 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 container of the water of the Holy Spirit. So we fill ourselves with Him every day. So we are that container. Every day, so that's why we always have to keep ourselves pure and and also, yeah, we c carry the the foundation of the scriptures in our life. That's why that this is important. Make sense so far? Um, twenty-four verse sixteen. Now the young woman was very beautiful, and behold, a virgin. No man had known her. So, did you know that, okay, the, the fifth thing is that the bride of Christ should be pure and holy. And did you know that each of us here has the ability to see in the spirit? Do you guys know that? Why do I say that? Because it says, Matthew 5, I mean, it's not on there, but it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And did you know that when you got saved, the blood of Jesus, he washed you clean and pure. So each of us here have a pure heart. We are righteous before him. 
which means each and every one here can see in the Spirit. That's what it says in the Word. It's not my version. So pure and holy. And verse 16, the second half, and she went down to the well and she filled her pitcher and came up. So the sixth thing is, she is full of word and spirit. She doesn't just fill herself halfway or just sprinkle a little bit. She fills herself every day with word and with spirit. Make sense? So that's the sixth thing of the bride of Christ. It um. Reminds me of that um, scripture in Matthew 25 about the ten girls, the ten young, um, the ten, ten young um, uh, virgins, where they waited, waited for the groom, okay, and only five of them filled their lamps with oil, with olive oil. It was they lit their lamps with with um, with with olive oil. And it's just interesting. I hope I can make this clear that that the five of them that filled their lamps with with olive oil, they were ready for the groom to come. Okay? So what does the olive oil represent? It represents in Scripture also the on, um, the knowledge of scriptures, and it's also it rep- also represents a joy. So, you get the picture. She was she filled herself every day with a knowledge of scripture, and she was full of joy. Genesis 24, verse 17 to 18. And the the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, Drink, my Lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down um, to her hand and gave him a drink. So numbers is that she recognized the voice of the Holy Spirit and instantly obeys. So she heard that the man said, give me some some more water, and she quickly went, instantly she heard him and went, filled it up and gave him some water. So she recognized the voice of the Holy Spirit and instantly obeys. And with that again, the Lord he said to me that, that now in our age, the Holy Spirit is constantly running throughout the earth looking for his bride. He's looking for people that hear him, that responds to him. And we've, we've actually made things super super hard, like, oh, I don't hear the voice of God. What am I doing, doing wrong? Oh, God, help me. Do another course. How do you hear God's voice? 
blah, blah, blah. We make it super hard for ourselves, but we put God in a box. Like he speaks in many different ways. And something, it, it might be a bit confronting today, but if you don't hear his voice, you can't be saved. So each and every one here, if you are saved, then some way, somehow you heard his voice. He doesn't always speak with an audible voice. He sometimes speaks with a nudge. He sometimes speaks through a sermon. He sometimes speaks through um, a feeling that you get or something. Like there's a million ways that he speaks. Like we can't put him in a box. He speaks in dreams of visions. Like I get a lot of dreams and things, and that's how he speaks to me. Okay. And one more thing, if you believe the word. This is the Lord, God. If, this, if, if He is the Word, it means He always speaks. Because He is the Word. So just, you get into His Word and you'll hear Him speak. Okay. Verse 19 to 20. And when she had finally, oh, where am I? And when she had f- finished giving Him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your, your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied, emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. So the eighth thing is, the eighth characteristic of the bride is, she, she perseveres in the test and the trials, and she does not quit. And I actually love that, again, it says she quickly went and she ran. And it's like she loved what she was doing. She was full of joy. It's not an issue for her. Okay. Now... If the, the man just asked for some, some water to drink and she gives him some water, is that a servant's heart? So he asks for water and she says, here's some water. Hmm? So it can be, but it can also just be good manners. But she, without being asked... She went above and beyond, and she also gave water to his animals. Okay. And that's a, 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 a servant's heart. Like she saw a need, and without request, she said, Okay, there's a need, let me help. She went above and beyond. So, just a little thing again to. to, um, to to keep in mind, this guy took 10 camels and he went 1,000 kilometers through a desert to find the goal. So, so I, I looked on the internet, um, I googled how much water does a camel drink? Question mark, thank you Google, I, I don't have to look in a book, it's just, it's all there in Google. So it says the f- that, that one camel, when it 
was without water a long time. It can drink, one camel, it can drink up to 200 liters of water each. Here's the catch. In three minutes. So now, take this girl, and if, if, you, if you do a little bit of, uh, uh, um, if you do a little bit of a, a, a research, she was actually not a, a poor girl. She was proper. She had nice nails and her hair was all done. And she was actually a nice, from, from her from a upper, upper class a family. And she went above and beyond to give him water and also all the animals until they were satisfied. So back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. One guy, ten, ten thirsty animals. It, it's ridiculous. So it says that she, run, she ran back and forth to the well where the Holy Spirit was present. And she went back and forth without hesitation. And she did it with joy. Okay. Verse 21, nearly done. You can write so far, you're good? Okay, verse 21. Um, and the man wondering at her, that's weird, the man wondering at her. Okay, he remained silent so as to know whether the Lord has made his journey prosperous or not. So he remained quiet. So, so sometimes we 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 find ourselves in a season where we don't always hear from God. He's he's um, quiet, silent, and again we wonder. Oh, what have I done wrong again? All my sins. I can't hear God. What must I do again? You know, it's like, oh, this happens again. Sorry, God. Go back to my family tree. What did I do? And like all these things, which not necessarily wrong, but sometimes God just keeps quiet because you're about to get a prom promotion. He put you through a test, like this. 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 The servant put uh, the woman through a test. Not to demote you, but to promote you. Okay? So sometimes you just put through a test because he wants to promote you. And the test, normally it is that he wants you to apply what you've learned from the word. And when he says, okay, cool, you're faithful with a little... He will promote you so that you will be faithful with much. Make sense? Um, 22, verse 22. So it was when the camels had finished drinking that the man took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel. Hey, it's heavy. And two bracelets for her wrists weighing 10 sh shekels of gold. And said, okay, I'm going to stop there, but um, 
gave her gold. So she was... Re, to, re, 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 um, she, she, she received a reward for being faithful. Okay. So he gave her some gold. And what does that represent in the word? Gold represents holiness and purity. Okay. So I did a little, a little bit of looking, you know, what does this mean or what does that mean? So that, that means that. And so each time, each time we, we, we go through a trial, like we, we, we are being put through a, a, a furnace to be purified, to become more holy, to become more like God. And we get awesome rewards for that. One last thing about this one. She got a nose ring. I've got a nose for things. Nose discernment. A golden nose ring. A nose represents discernment. Okay. So here's the picture. Because of her perseverance in trial, wherever she was in, wherever she was at in a walk with God, she just progressed to the next level because of added purity that came through her trial. Okay. Nearly done. Verse 26. Then the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. He bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. So... He, 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 um, he, he worshipped the Lord because why he was successful to find the right woman. So now if we take that a picture of the Holy Spirit that bows down before God because why he was successful in finding us, finding a pure a bride, one that stood through the test and the trials. And we quickly, we jump to verse 53. Verse 53, where it says, Then the servant brought out jewelry of silver, jewelry of gold and clothing, and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious things to her brother and her mother. So, just a little thing here. Silver, it represents sanctification and redemption. Gold is what we said is purity and holiness. And the clothing that she got means that she now received a new mantle from God. Here's the picture. At the end of the age, the bride of Christ, with gifts of sanctification and redemption, walks in holiness and purity, and carrying the mantle and the authority for this hour and this day to see through the fulfillment of the promises of Christ.
Revelation 19, verse 7 to 8. Let us be glad and rejoice and give Him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. She has made herself ready. So the, the ninth and the last characteristic of the bride is she prepares herself for the return of her groom. You see, in Hebrew, a culture is they, they first get engaged or betrothed, a betrothal, and for them, that is like a marriage. You can only, you can only, um, you can only st st stop that if you a divorce. So, f so for them, a bit, a betrothal was as uh, was like a done deal. It was like a wedding. Okay, so then she she prepared herself um, for the return of her groom. So the, th the thing is here is we have to respond with the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and that's and that's the catch. Like we must actually do something. We can't just come and attend a church and that's it. Like we have to act, we have to do something, we have to get involved, and it's a this decision that each of us has to to make on our own. We can't let someone else make that f f for us. We have to make the decision on our own. In in verse eight, it says there that and to her it was granted. So it means that every one of us in this whole world has an invitation to respond to God or not. Are we just going to be in the family of God or actually the bride of Christ? Because there is a difference. Okay. And lastly, if we go back to Genesis 24, verse 55 to 58. That's, that's, that's my last um, Um But her brother and her uh, uh, mother said, let the young woman stay with us a, f a few days. Because, uh, and they saw this dude is handing out gold and silver and stuff. Like, let's let him just hang around just a little bit more. It's good for us. Ching, ching. So, where am I? Stay with a few days, at least a ten. After that, she may go. And he said to them, "Do not hinder me, since the Lord has prospered my way." See, and the Holy Spirit is always on a mission. Let's be in that mission. Do not hinder me, since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away, so that I may go to my master. So they said, "We will carry the young woman." Uh, we will call the young woman and ask her personally. Then they called Rebecca and said to her, Will you go with this man? And she said, 
I will go. Led by the Holy Spirit. So we begin with the first characteristic is that the bride of Christ are being led by the Holy Spirit. And we end with being led by the Holy Spirit. I will go. So, um, in closing today is, you have to choose today who you will serve. It's not something that anyone else can decide for you to do. I mean, it's an interesting thing, interesting thought that if you look at the characteristic of the bride of Christ, it exactly matches the characteristic of the bridegroom of Jesus. So if we are to be called a, 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 a disciple of Jesus, is it just because, yeah, we're Christian and we come to church? No, it's not. It's when we actually do what He does, when we actually go out of our way to, 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 to love above and beyond, to serve above and beyond. Okay, so that we, we do exactly as He did. We imitate Him. And it, it might not be easy, you know, like we... Well, it's, it's not easy um, to do what he did. But when, when we say we can't, he says he can. And when we say yes, then he enables us. He makes a way. So with the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, we can become the bride of Christ. We can be those individuals. It's not impossible. He gives us grace. So we, th we thank you, Lord, for again for the, 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 the promise that you have in your word, Lord God. That for whoever is, is your bride, whoever is a part of, Lord God, of your body, that you will raise us up on the last day. And I pray, Lord, that in these last days, Lord, that, that you will keep us, Lord God, from evil. That you will, Lord God, wash us with your word. I pray, Lord, that you will make us strong that we will fill our pictures every day with your word and with the power of your Holy Spirit Lord God that we will never run empty that we will never run dry Lord let us be counted worthy of our calling give us the spirit of wisdom and of revelation Lord God of who you are we thank you, Lord God, and I pray, Lord, that that you will let us stand perfect and complete before you, Lord God, as you see us. Strengthen us, Lord, with your might and your spirit. Amen.